This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Working class on DeerCast, and we are in Lincoln, Nebraska, and an Airbnb. So I hope that explains the very strange setting that we're in. We didn't just like it's just a, we're in a weird spot, right? So we're out here for the Nebraska um, Big Game Expo, and have a good time out here. So we actually shared an Airbnb with our good friends from Buckstorm, Jeremy and Travis. Say hello. What's going on? Hello. So. People on Working Class Bowhunter know you guys. We've done a lot of podcasts and shared hunt camps and stuff. Hey, Doug, you're here, too. Hey, guys. <laughs> you know, glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> glad. We're, we're glad to have you, too. Um, but this is your guys' first appearance on our new series, Working Class on DeerCast, exclusively for DeerCast. So there might be some people here that don't know you guys. So I don't know if you guys want to give a little rundown who the heck you guys are and what you do. Yeah. Yeah, we're just some South Dakota boys, and we started out doing youtube videos and it's kind of branched into some more stuff from there but we uh we started guiding uh we post video every week so on so forth pretty much wraps it up just check out our youtube channel and it'll kind of tell the story but yeah you guys have been at it for a while too like we met people on regular working class kind of know this story i think but we haven't really talked about or broke it down in detail jeremy you always listen to the podcast when we started and that's how you and I got to be friends. Right. Then we did an elk hunt, an over-the-counter public land elk hunt in Colorado. That was like, what, four years ago? 2018. So whenever, I don't do basic math. Yeah, yeah that's four. So, um, yeah, we did that camp there and just kind of been trying our best to do a hunting camp every year since. And we did a few antelope camps. And we're already planning on like what we can do. Maybe do like a mule deer hunt with you guys this fall yep. or whatever. But you guys hunt like everything. Um and but, but you know you guys are consistent with your filming and i can't keep track i don't know i kind of get uh, annoyed that you guys are so good at what you do because then it gives jeremy a chance to give me shit for not keeping up with your guys' stuff because i fall behind i wouldn't do that so you guys will post a picture of a deer and i'm like i don't know if that's like just a recent deer or if that's 
you know what I mean? Like, right. I can't keep track. But so hey, like, that means we're having fun. But you guys, yeah, you guys have a good time and you get after it and you hunt about everything. But you guys started how long ago? Did you guys start? Uh, we've been filming everything that we did for like ten years. But Buckstorm like really started about five years ago. Is when we kind of started getting a little more serious about it and trying to tell a story with the video instead of just videoing. Yeah. And really like saying why we're doing something or where we're at or whatever the case, you know, just making it actually presentable to an audience. Maybe they can learn something and it's fun to be able to relive those hunts yeah. more than anything um, in the future. And sometimes you watch a hunt and you actually learn from yourself mm -hmm. something that you kind of forgot about but you rewatch it and you're just like, why did I do that? Yeah. And maybe it worked out. Maybe it didn't, but you learn from it and it's just something you can like take and put in your briefcase and just remember uh, what, yeah, yeah. what to change, you know, cause we're always learning for so. sure. That's, that's what I like about your guys' videos though, because they're not like crazy overproduced, but they're like, yeah, you guys kind of lay out how things are. So for Midwestern, more, I mean, I guess technically the, you guys are still in the Midwest. I don't really consider South Dakota the Midwest. It kind of is. It's not. But like when I see like antelope hunts, you don't consider it. Nope. Doug Verdick, nope. South Midwest. Nope. Okay, definitely there's not. There's yep. your answer. Antelope, We're in the plains. Antelope, not a Midwestern animal. <laughs> nope. Never seen one in Iowa. So. <laughs> Never seen Never one in huh? Iowa. It it's got to live in Iowa to be considered Midwestern. Fair, Fair enough. Yep. That's like the standard, right? The standard practice. <laughs> Read a book, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Read a book. So. uh but I mean, like for guys that want to go out west, they can see like what an actual antelope hunt's really like. It's not like this over, like you guys don't make it too glamorous. You're showing out how it would be and what to expect. But you guys have two videos that I want to bring up first, and they're both mule deer shots at insanely close range. So I don't know what one we want to talk about first. You guys have two, like three yard mule deer hunt videos, right? Yeah. Right. The the uh the the very first one is what kind of started us off doing the filming. That was when we decided after that I shot a deer at three yards. Mm -hmm. Um in South Dakota. In South Dakota and after that it was like we're not going hunting without a camera. Mm -hmm. Because if that happens again we wanna So at this time when you killed that buck, did you have in mind like what buck buckstorm was and you, like this project? Uh at the time we weren't really focused at like YouTube. That was kind of like our idea at the time. Uh we were doing DVDs prior, and it just wasn't really going anywhere. And it was like more. Oh, you were just doing like DVD, the DVD thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whitetail adrenaline exp um, inspired. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. It just on a way lower level. So yeah. We, uh, <laughs> but that's cool though, man. That's what's fun about it. Right, but we just had a lot to learn. You know, I mean, I think I was in college still, and I was mm -hmm. young, and and so on and so forth. But that one just lit a fire under us, and we were just like, let's use a different platform and we'll just see where it goes we're mm -hmm. going to do it anyhow because the main purpose at the time was just to be able to relive it yeah and so jeremy shoots that deer at three yards and we're just like holy cow that was wild and spot stock mule deer hunting in the wind you can sometimes get tight like that yeah yeah and then just a couple years later my wife did the same thing and i actually literally like stepped it off mm -hmm. and it was two big steps and i would have stepped on the deer no so kidding. We were joking with Jeremy that she outdid him and shot one at two yards instead of three yards. I still think it was four, so. but yeah. I mean, he was Doug. You got any two two yards, four I yards? I mean, the guy walked it off, Jeremy. The jury's still out, Doug. <laughs> 
Hey, I mean, I wasn't there. You call my wife a liar. He's got really big steps. <laughs> He's tall. <laughs> He's a tall guy. Yeah, tall. yeah it's true. Are, we talking, for are, you? We, are we talking Jeremy steps? Yeah, Jeremy yeah. steps are like that's a good point. Twelve, 12, 12 steps. <laughs> Jeremy's steps are half a yard, so <laughs> four of your steps equal two yards. Very, very stinky, though. <laughs> you pedal paddle. Amen. So did you, when you guys did one three-yard mule deer kill, did you think you'd have another three-yard mule deer kill? No. Well, you probably were like, when she killed that mule deer, you're probably like, that son of a gun. I, I was, I was, you know, I sat in the corner for a little bit, and I was upset. You cried? She won up That you. was my thing, you know? Or just matched you? Like, we have a, I literally have a list of things to talk about because you got there's we could do a five hour long podcast over like your guys's like recent years of hunting and stuff like that um so oh, it's funny because in the notes jeremy's three yard mule deer mariah's two yard mule deer who edited that hey look doug <laughs> <sighs> sorry jeremy come on I man you lose <laughs> But what I like about the channel, though, is you guys have something to offer because you have the mule deer stuff. You guys kill a lot of whitetails, too. So you're kind of, for in the deer cast community, someone can find something they like because you guys do the spot and stalk stuff. You do, I mean, really everything. But then you have, like, box blind hunting experience, which is kind of like very Midwestern style whitetail hunting in certain instances, you know? Yeah. Um, And you've killed a lot of good bucks we were talking before we started recording just watching some of your guys' videos here at the airbnb of showing video after video you just double lunging good bucks out of a box blind yeah is that how does that type of hunting compared to like jeremy killing a muley at three yards all the way i feel like it's kind of polar opposite styles of hunting a little bit yeah to you killing out of a box blind do you enjoy the box blind hunting or do you enjoy I'm, I'm trying to make you feel better about the whole two-yard thing. You're doing good. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so, you're good. You know, Jeremy's the feel, man. Feeling better? He yeah. kills a deer okay. at three yards. You're less <laughs> of a man. And I'm kidding here. He's got the heater on. <laughs> Get the heater on. Yeah, I shot yeah. one at four yards a couple of years ago, but I don't have any video hey. proof. Yeah. So it's hey, all good. Doug. That's not three or two, so I don't really care. It's hanging at our booth, though. It's hanging at our booth. Jeremy? <laughs> I'm with Doug. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Right. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next question. Thank yeah. you. But I do. <laughs> keep this rolling. I do like, like you asked, if I prefer more or less mule deer hunting in that yeah. close range, and I like it all. Like mm-hmm. I get the same adrenaline rush no matter what. There's something special about being that close to an animal yeah. without them knowing Almost you're any there, animal, right? And like putting yourself there like sneaking when they have the chance of catching you and like it's it's a whole new element of challenge versus sitting yeah but you got to do what's most effective and what works in the situation and you're not going to go just sneak to two yards from a white tail in the midwest you know it's impossible it's not going to happen so it's it's just one of those things that we just love it all yeah and i get the same rush whether whether i'm holding a camera or i'm holding a bow it doesn't then that's why I think we like it so much. Is it just like the tactics are different, but like the like the recipe for the result is different, right? But it's all fun. That's yeah, what I think yeah, right. yeah. Which I I think that's cool too, and I enjoy like that Western style hunting, like getting out and burning up like a mountain is fun. Getting after muleys, but then I always like have that uh, like every time I go hunt with you guys in South Dakota, I kind of leave with like man, I think I could live in South Dakota because you guys can do about everything, but every time I get home in the midwest and we tree stand hunt it's like the true midwestern whitetails are just different 
Yeah. Like, I just love them so much, and I'm like, man, I'll never leave. And I think that's, like, where I can kind of relate, because I've done that, like, eastern South Dakota is very similar to, like, the Illinois terrain. A little different, little smaller timber stands and stuff. But, yeah, yeah. But more of, like, that egg, like, hunting field edge, like, yeah. hunting box blinds, hunting tree stands. Hey, remember when, remember when we deal, talked about so. um, if South Dakota has an accent? Yeah. When you say ag? Egg. I, yeah. I was like the egg hunt. Yep. So that's yeah. funny. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't like that. You've never hunted an egg field before? I've never. I, they grow eggs in fields. Yeah. South Dakota does. My dad's an egg banker. So. <laughs> Dude, remember? I was like a what banker? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Huh? You can get a loan for a bunch of eggs, huh? <laughs> yep. Egg you probably could if you had enough of them. That's yoked up. But because. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid because <laughs> south dakota is pretty much divided by the river right like it's mm-hmm. that's yeah. how like the tags are divided and then that's is that like just where the big terrain change is right there at the river pretty much i mean you get in like close to the river western south dakota there's still at like there's still egg fields crop corn wheat whatever but yeah there's uh once you get east it starts getting flatter and you start getting way more very iowa ish yeah, yeah yeah for sure a lot of eggs it's like northwest iowa that's yeah. what it is you know yeah um and so i guess what we should we should have started off with this is you guys are missing part of the crew the buckstorm crew here yep yeah um austin doesn't seem to really like us as much he don't come around as often but we get to hang out he doesn't like now a lot again. of people but Austin's missing. Yeah, Austin's missing. He had a family deal. They've got some family stuff going on, so he can't be here. But uh, he'd love to be here. But the uh, dude, he's a, a big wa- part of our crew. Yeah, great guy. Um, he's just a fun dude to be around. That's I actually met him before I met you. Yeah. For the yep. for the elk hunt. Yeah, he came down. He didn't have a tag. He just was there for yeah the never, ride. Never met the guy. My dad and I had elk tags. You guys come down. We've never met you. Never met you either show up on the mountain you guys could have been it was like we met on a dating app <laughs> and this is like our first date dude you know it's uh well only way Most more dangerous because well. we we met on a mountain so far you could have been a serial killer for all we knew you could have been but good thing you weren't yeah no, just, small it, enough, it just huh? didn't work out well you got there and you're like man kurt's a little bigger than me I thought, <laughs> it was the tattoos the, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't have hand tattoos then but you really would have turned around yeah huh? Like he didn't tell me about these. I don't know <laughs> about this guy. What is that? <laughs> what, what? What's going on here? Yeah. But Austin killed. Uh, talking about Austin, he's had some awesome hunts. Like his elk hunt on your guys' page is like one of my favorite hunts that you guys have on there because if you want to see what it's like to elk hunt and have a great idea of like the true, I guess like hardship of a uh, going on your own elk hunt, that video is like a really good representation of that and. Yep. He, he gets an elk, but it doesn't always work. It didn't work out as smoothly as he wanted, right. which is like the reality of mostly how it goes usually. Um, but he had a hunt on your guys' channel of him doing a spot and stock in South Dakota, right? It was in South Dakota? Yeah, yeah. On a whitetail, and it's like killer footage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, t- talk about whatever you want to talk about. Wild, that yeah. Just they were mo- they were basically mule deer hunting, and they come across this giant bodied whitetail because there's a tag there generally like just any deer type of tag yep for archery it's any deer tag so they're hunting like a river break area and Mm -hmm. they spot this whitetail when they're searching for mule deer more or less and he ended up moving and bedding in a perfect spot where they were able to get right in on him and he just smoked him and so it's like a killer just like 
quarter and away shot. Yeah, just and just buries the arrow. Giant bodied eastern South Dakota whitetail. Just let it go in like thirty yards and pile yeah, up. thirty forty tops. Yeah, I mean, just it's a done. thick boy. Yeah, dude. It was a big buck, and the footage is beautiful. And the t- what I like about it is the terrain is amazing because yeah. b- Midwestern guys, real Midwestern guys, you just we don't have that type of rolling. It's kind of like high grassland, is what it looks like. Rolling yeah. prairie, rolling prairie. That's the term. It's. I think that would be so much fun because just you can see so far, like the opportunity to like make game plans yeah. and stuff is there. Yeah, and we just don't have that and the midwestern timber it's it's very rare anyway that it works out that way like i mean i don't know if i've ever had a i mean oh, that's not true this is past season i did i had a spot and stock opportunity on a whitetail and i almost shot him but i didn't because at the time i was still in cold blood mode where i was waiting for something way bigger mm-hmm. but um you know it's re- really rare to be, yeah. to be able to do a on the ground whitetail with a bow in the midwest right so it's cool to see that stuff different terrain and I don't know. So, for an, if a non-resident went to South Dakota, is it still any deer type of tag? Yes. Yep. Is, yeah, there's just a certain deadline they have to apply by to have a public land tag. That's right, yeah. If you miss the deadline, you can still get a tag. It's just private land only. Gotcha, okay. And then there's certain areas within the state where you have to have access permits to hunt that area. They just basically are controlling how many people can hunt a specific track of public so yeah. it's not over pressured where you'd have a terrible hunting experience yeah so then you get your tag and you can hunt public but if it's within an access permit you need to hold that access permit as well and if you don't have that access permit then you can't hunt that specific area gotcha okay uh they're all free access permits you mm. just have to stay on the ball and make sure you apply in time to gotcha. be able to hunt so you kind of got to pre-plan where you want to hunt you can always hunt public. You just got to make sure if you want to hunt these big, huge tracks of like the most popular mm-hmm. public areas, and they're popular for good reason. Yeah. But they're also more pressured, so there's just more land. So it it just kind of depends on what you want to do more than right. anything. Yeah. It's really confusing compared to Illinois and yeah. Iowa tags. Very. But pretty simple though. I mean, it's just one of those things like once you can learn it, if yeah, you know it, you know it. Yeah, it, Iowa and Illinois would be confusing for us. Right. You just buy your tag over the counter and you're good to go. It's confusing. <laughs> Too much work. Yeah. yeah, which counter? Yeah, <laughs> which counter? Walmart counter? Or? <laughs> just really anywhere, any counter that sells hunting license. It's really that Illinois is easy. Iowa is really easy, too. Well, for a non-resident, you have to build points. Indiana is easy. Like, I mean, a lot of the Midwestern states are over the counter for, for deer, you know. But, um, I mean, you know. Two under five yard muleys. We'll just we're, I'm generalizing there. See that? Appreciate that. I mean, some of these big bucks you guys just killed. Austin's big buck, and then you recently was uh, just killed a slammer of a mule deer. Yeah, last season I uh, it was just kind of a fluke deal, really. But mm-hmm. this property I've hunted for years. We finally went into the spot that we don't. We kind of stay out of it just because the pressure kind of pulls the deer in there, mm-hmm. and. We were going to more or less find a whitetail uh, for my wife to shoot. She had a whitetail tag, and I picked so up whitetail a specific tag. Correct. So here we go. Go. We're opening this can of worms again. Yep. Yep. It's, so it's a little different with rifles. Rifles oh. a little different. Uh, there's any deer and any whitetail, whereas archery is just all any deer tags. So gotcha. Long story short, we just. We go into the spot we're going to scout. It's more of a whitetail area. We see some muleys in there occasionally, but mm-hmm. and I get up to the glassy knob and 
bust out the spotter. Is that a notorious? I'm sorry to cut you off. No, but you're good. It's like whitetail area. You don't see many muleys in there. Why? Why? What? What's the difference? Uh, not there? necessarily, but the it's a river bottom area, mm. and so in that particular area, there's just a higher concentration of whitetails gotcha. and mule deer. So there okay. is mule deer there all the time, but just don't usually see like any big bucks in that gotcha, particular yeah. spot. Seems like for whatever reason, I mean, we've seen some good ones over the years, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it's like this place we go more or less for whitetails. It's more of like a big creek bottom, river bottom, uh, big cottonwood stands, mm-hmm. tall grass, good whitetail habitat, and the gotcha. mule deer are a little more open country living for the most part. So, Do the whitetails push mealies out usually? Sometimes, but not too bad from what i've seen not when they're like breeding um when they're both kind of getting after it i guess you could say it just doesn't seem like they really chase them off okay. um more in like the summer months i think if there's a heavy concentration of whitetails they'll kind of distance themselves but it's not like they're really scared of them it's just the whitetails are more aggressive yeah so yeah. naturally i think that's just the biggest thing when the mule deer are not aggressive and the whitetails are they just don't want to mess with it very much. Hold their own, kind of like cattle and deer. Mm-hmm. Like cattle, there's just a lot of stuff going on, and the deer don't. They they're not really scared of them, but they don't want to necessarily like go eat right next to them. But yeah. isn't that weird? It's so. like two just subspecies of deer. Like I don't know. It's just, that's just weird to me that there's kind of like this hard line of separation, but they intermingle, but also live in the same terrain. Yeah, it is of. pretty wild. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's interesting to me only having whitetail at home. I just figured there's a lot of people that would probably listen to this that are more whitetail country focused yeah. than mule deer country focused. Right. So I'm just trying to think of like questions that yeah, a general whitetail country guy or gal would want to ask. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, so you went into this spot that's generally a whitetail yeah. area, but yeah, there is we, mule deer there. Right. And we spot this buck the day before season, and I'm like, he's just a dream buck. Like, mm-hmm. he's like the second you see him, you just know. And it's one of those deer that I like to think I'm pretty confident in aging a deer, like or guessing a score, I should say. And I just, I, I was like blown away. I'm like, he's 180 for sure. He could be 200. Like he just had that frame. Mm-hmm. I don't know if his main beams are 25 or 30 inches long. But long story short, we put him to bed that night. Went back in the morning, and he was still right there. Like Same he was spot. right in the bottom, within 100 yards. And he was in rifle range from right there. We were rifle hunting, and mm-hmm. I just I put him down right there. So he sent me a picture the night before, and I wasn't there, and I didn't sleep. Like you, oh, yeah. you look at the picture through the spotter, and it's like, oh wow, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah it it's like I'll show you when we get done. But maybe if if we get that photo, we remember. I'll try and throw it on the yeah. video yeah. side of this. He's a no brainer. A no brainer. An MB. And we like those. Hey, Doug. No brainers. Sign me up. You like that? Amen. And then to make matters cooler, my, my wife actually shot a deer literally like while we were walking down to recover my deer. This whitetail came running over the hill, just a nice eight point. Mm-hmm. And four point. Four point, yeah, four point. But, Thank you. Yeah, see what you did there. Didn't like that. I like eight point or better. That's all right. We'll go with eight point just for the Thank sake you. of the Midwest. Yeah, don't confuse me. Try yeah. it. But she shot that, and then I didn't even recover my deer yet. We go and recover hers, and it was just that's like the my most favorite epic part of that morning. video. As ridiculous as that sounds, like the shot was cool, but I like that you waited. Yeah, because you kind of like I know it was killing you. You're like I got. It's kind of cocky, isn't it? It's cocky, but 
you're like uh, I don't know I just like like the build up of the anticipation of the recovery but you're also doing other stuff with your wife like that's cool like right. but I know you're probably like my wife had to shoot this stupid four pointer <laughs> trying to be excited for her but you know over the hill you got maybe a 200 inch yeah yeah yeah. and he ended up going 181 which i was still tickled to death with he's my biggest mule deer of course i mean he his frame makes him look way bigger than that yeah his frame is huge and he's just missing like he's kind of like awkward like he wouldn't net well Mm -hmm. at all because his g2 or his back fork really on his one side is like substantially smaller hmm. we don't talk net so yeah exactly and g4 is like completely whacked it's just like opposite yeah oblong yeah. but if his big ones matched he'd be 200 inches so it's just dude i i'm not gonna lie i remember you showing some of these pictures and stuff well I, we were on a hunt somewhere i thought we were somewhere because it was like you may have shot a deer pushing the 200 inch mark but if I would have seen that buck, I would have went back and been like, there's a 200 incher out there. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Probably with confidence. But I don't look as, look at as many mule deer as you guys do, obviously. But Right. Um, and then, so that's that was a cool hunt. But then, too, like, you know, the, we were just talking deer on this. You guys hunt everything. Like, and you guys are doing the outfitting thing now. I mean, in the last, I don't know, three years, you guys have hunted, like, certain, you've been after animals that like, guys just dream of, like, I mean, I don't know where you want to start listing them off, but... Yeah, I mean, South Dakota is it's resident only for all the, like, specialty stuff. So, like, elk, we don't have an elk herd to support a ton of tags. It takes a resident 20-plus years to draw in most circumstances. That's insane, man. But it's worth these, the wait, though. Yeah it's, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's great elk hunting. It's just, there's just more people than elk, naturally. So, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of started guiding for that reason. Uh, these people are drawing a 20-year weight tag, and a lot of them maybe have never seen an elk or a bighorn sheep or a mountain goat or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and they don't have the experience to go out and be like, oh, I know how to hunt elk. Like yeah. A lot of them just apply and like, hey, when I get it, I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah and they got all that time and all that. Is, is it expensive to apply? No, it's not too bad. I mean, it's like ten bucks a year for preference point, and then your oh, take. What? So it's it's not bad. It's yeah, not expensive, cheap. but it takes so long that when you finally draw, you want to capitalize because you can technically draw more than one like bull elk tag in your life. Yeah. But once you draw, you have to sit out nine years, and on the tenth year, you can apply again. Oh, so, no kidding! Like you have to start applying it young. Like I drew and Jeremy drew here in the last few years and we're in our waiting period and you guys both killed great bulls yeah exactly I mean, how big was your bull jeremy 320 and you, what was the, the dark dark rack buck you they were both 320 bull. no kidding yeah so total, total different elk though i think he's got me by an inch oh yeah he's giving you some credit thank you appreciate that doug it's rare that's pretty rare i appreciate that and uh those are big bulls <laughs> The cool thing about the whole thing is, is now I guess about that. Now every every year we're we're going elk hunting. This year we went mountain goat hunting. Two years ago, bighorn sheep hunting. Without doing what we're doing, none of that would have happened. Yeah, and just yeah. I mean, it's smart. It, it's a good experiencing move. it is the biggest thing. Because you guys have always kind of been the guys that know in these areas, and like you guys would get phone calls anyway to take guys out. Right. Right. And so we've so taken perfect. A, ton of guys out and we just love doing it and it just kind of came to a point where to justify time away from our real jobs and 
mm-hmm. like our families and everything. It just needs to make sense. Uh, yeah. And we're not money hungry. We're not charging $10,000 for an elk hunt or anything. You know, it's just like just fire time away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put a ton of effort into scouting and knowing like where these elk are, where these mountain goats are, where these bighorn sheep mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like reimbursing us more than less. Yeah, no, I think that's great, man, because the experience you guys are building up. So when you guys – so. Y- how many points did you guys build up to get your elk tag when you guys killed your elk? I had 17. Jeremy's like the luckiest person ever, and he drew with nine. 17? Mm-hmm. And you got real lucky then. So now you guys are both in your nine-year waiting period before you can even buy another preference For point? a rifle tag. For a rifle. What yep. about archery? What's the difference? We're still in the game. They're, they're separate. Oh, they're separate. So yeah. how often could you draw a resident archery elk tag? pretty much the same timeline takes usually takes close to 20 years to tiny tiny bit easier because it's there's less archery hunters oh yeah okay the nice thing though is it's still a lottery so you always have a chance so you could draw with one year it's pretty much impossible but you could draw like you do have a chance so is it fair to say in your lifetime as a resident in south dakota you could kill maybe three bulls in your lifetime Two is probably the safe. Yeah, if if you happen to shoot it like third one, because you you can't apply till you're twelve. So let's say it took you eighteen years to draw. Now you're thirty. You sit out ten years. Now you're forty. And the way it's trending, it's going to take longer and longer to get a tag. So you can't even apply again until you're basically forty if you're thirty already, and then you start over. So your second tag comes at maybe sixty. Oh. So then you sit out ten years. 70 you'd have to live to be 90 plus to have a third a third one so we'll go with two doug two's good okay <laughs> so now that'd be like same tag like you could draw archery and rifle and maybe one of them again you know so. yeah so what happens when you go to try and buy a preference point if you're in your waiting period it's just like eh, it just you? says not allowed like it you doesn't can't even let click you click on it yeah it's oh, just great out they're watching us denied mm. Now, like the bighorn sheep, mountain goat, and then there's a Custer State Park within the Black Hills. All those, once you draw them, you can never even apply again. Wow. They're once just in a once lifetime. in a lifetime. Yep. But you're probably not going to draw them. No, exactly. Like no kidding. Once in 5,000 lifetimes for like mountain goat, once in 1,000 lifetimes for bighorn sheep, and maybe one in 100 will draw a Custer State Park tag. So the fact that you guys even went on and guided some of these hunts is like a huge, huge deal to just be along for it, too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... No kidding. It's just it's special to, like, Mountain Goat, this year there was two people. There's two tags in the entire state of South Dakota. I don't know exactly <laughs> off the top of my head how many people applied, but if it's any... I'm guessing probably 10,000. So how many guys so, that are, are doing what you guys are doing... And offering like a very specific, like hyper focused guide service for these guys that draw these like once in five lifetime odd type tag. There's I mean, some other ones out there, but I think overall the the big thing is it's all federal. So like we had to go through the federal permit process, and it's not fun. Like it's. It's pretty tedious, and like to get the permits that you need to make it happen, mm-hmm. it's difficult. And I don't think many people go through the steps and getting the monster insurance policies and getting everything in place to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. 
and we just wanted to make it happen it's just something we wanted to do because well i mean the experiences you guys get is like yeah that's cool that's i mean that's most important right Right. like that's what it's about yeah our mountain goat hunter was 74 years old so wow dang you go hunt something that lives on 150 200 foot cliffs and just like go take a 74 year old quiff dwelling and you gotta obviously be safe first yeah you don't want to kill the old, <laughs> yeah, the old bird right? exactly so how long is he even applying for every hunt adds a new element i think he had close to 20 years there's a lot of Damn. pressure there too though for like a guy gets his elk tag or a guy gets one of those tags and there's a lot of pressure on you to make sure that they have a good time yeah they can't come back next year yeah that's the thing it's yeah. like every, it's it's serious yeah there, there's no better luck next time well, that ram, um, what, what kind of, I don't know, sheep. I always get them confused. Big horn sheep. a big horn from a couple years ago. That was a giant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the biggest ram killed in that unit. Uh, it's still a giant. I mean, it, just shy of Boone and Crockett, I believe. But there's, South Dakota is the current world record holder for big horn sheep. And it's not quite to the level of the world record. Yeah. But it's a ram that I don't think many people wouldn't shoot anywhere in the country. I mean, it's a yeah. trophy, trophy ram. Because the world record was just shot, like, what, five, six years ago? Five years ago? Three. Plus? Three years you ago. You guys actually, that was at your guys' work, wasn't we it? We got to put our hands on that. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, you want to see a lot of weight to hold on your neck. It's how, insane. How heavy was that, that skull? I bet just the skull and the horns, like when they were doing the official scoring, just guessing, at least 70 pounds. Wow. It was crazy. The like, it was head. almost impossible to hold it up just to take a picture. I made it look pretty easy, but it was, <laughs> yeah, 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 there was a lot there. For I was really like compliment half a on how impressive you made it, you know, just holding it out just like your fingers up was cool. Right, yeah. Yeah, Dog. we just made him hold it up because he's uh, a little guy. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just checking it. <laughs> well, people watch or listen to this podcast. What am I hearing? This is the second time. I don't know if you guys hear this on the podcast. I heard, I heard that. This is the second time on Working Class on Deercast that sirens have blown past while we're recording. Was that a siren? Yeah. Uh-huh. I heard a buzzing. Sonic yeah, a big tube. Well, well, maybe something's Maids going Airbnb down. is haunted after all. Yeah, Guaranteed. so it's crazy. But I was getting to, you know, th- this... They're still going by. All right. Well, whatever's going on. Back to the podcast. Yep. Th- this is going to be a more visual podcast than it is an audio podcast. So if you guys are listening, it might be worth getting to DeerCast and watching this because yeah. a lot more footage on this one than normal in a shorter um, episode. But if people watch this and are like, oh, man, that's cool, where can they find you guys? Yeah, we got Instagram, uh, Facebook, our main platforms, YouTube. We post hunting videos weekly sometimes multiple videos weekly Mm -hmm. uh we're kind of behind on editing right now and we still have a bunch of stuff to release from season three so season three is looking like it's going to have close to 25 episodes just from this last year that's awesome and then we'll roll right into shed hunting and then we'll roll right back into season so yeah and then maybe we'll get to be on a season four huh yeah absolutely fall hunts i'm looking forward to it see what we can figure out That'd Let's be nice. do it. That'd be great. Yeah, Doug, you you Doug, cool with Doug that? Doug needs an antelope. Yeah, Doug does need an antelope. You've shot, you've killed an antelope though before, haven't you? Missed one. You missed one. We've all done that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm, hey, it's okay. I haven't. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get down to it, I yeah, actually haven't. 
Sometimes that I literally video. shoot the antelope, then I'm trying to kill. That video is out there, too. They need to watch that after hearing hey, what you just said. We so. don't need to bring that up. We'll find it. Hey, it's out there. It's been out for two years. So, fun times, man. Crazy things can happen in antelope camp. We have a good time. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thank you. Appreciate you. You guys are killing it. And, then I, and, you know, I normally say, you guys don't know this yet unless you've watched what we do. It's, yeah. I know it's tough. You guys are so busy. Right, yeah. Right, Doug? Yeah, why are you so busy? Because <laughs> we got kids. Oh, a so lot busy. of them. Well, when, I normally say go shoot your bow on the other podcast series. On this one, I say go shoot a giant because then we roll into the giant tracker segment. Yep. I've okay. heard it. I've heard it. We try. Thank you. Good save. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Go shoot a giant. We love you. to succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv